Listen, if you are listening to this during quarantine, I am standing with you. It is especially hard for me as an extrovert. I know a lot of you moms or caregivers that are doing homeschool, fellow extroverts like me who just need your people. Guys, I I feel you. I had to close all of my workshops for the business and I didn't realize how grateful I am to have so many of you as a part of my life every single week. And yeah, I just want to let you guys know that I'm so thankful for all of you guys that show up every week. And even more for all of you guys that are here in this podcast community that comment and leave reviews and let us know um, how you like this. I just am um, especially grateful for this community. So if you're not listening to this during quarantine, in a few weeks when this all is over, let's give a resounding hallelujah. (laughs) But for those of us that are in the thick of it right now, um, I'm praying for you and with you. I'm standing with you. And I am still here to help create and foster community. So make sure you're following along on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, this podcast for tips and tricks we have for creating community. Even in the midst of quarantine, who would have thought, guys, but here we are. So today is a little bit of a, I'll call it a difficult conversation, but that's what we try to foster here. In addition to helping create community, we want a safe space for difficult conversations too. So we are going to be talking about politics around the table. Here's what I want you to know, a disclaimer of sorts. In this conversation, me and my friend Mike's goal is not to sway you to follow one political party or the other. He doesn't have any kind of political agenda or anything like that. Our goal for today is just to help you navigate the conversations of politics around the table. We have heard more and more the hard-cold truth that politics and all that surrounds it is dividing families and friend groups and essentially communities. And we want to come against that because really, um, as you'll hear us talk about today, politics is just another kind of community with shared values. And it should be something that's enjoyed. It should be something that definitely challenges us, but is just a, a part of a whole. It's just a small part of who we are as a community. It should be enjoyed. It should be engaged in, but it should not have the power to divide like it does today, and it's devastating to watch as an outsider and an insider. You know what I mean? (laughs) So um, without further ado, and without talking too much into what we're talking about on the podcast today, uh, let me introduce my friend Mike. So Mike McDonald has always had a strong desire to make a difference in his community and to help others. Mike started as a security guard and worked his way through the ranks to become president of a national security firm. He has served in two terms, on the Windsor, Connecticut Board of Education, and three terms on the Windsor Town Council. He's been a candidate for the U.S. State Congress, Secretary of State of Connecticut, and the Connecticut Senate. Mike believes that good work ethic and not worrying about failure is the key to success. He says that you might go out and accomplish something, and it might not work out as you plan, but that's not failure. It's a learning experience that becomes much more valuable in life than the thing you wanted to achieve was. Mike holds a bachelor's degree in political science with a concentration in American government and law from the University of Connecticut and a master's degree in divinity with a concentration in leadership from from Liberty University. He currently resides in Hamden, Connecticut. Guys, I'll be honest with you, when we were starting this conversation today, I had a little bit pit in my stomach, not because of Mike or anything um, that had to do with the details. I just felt a little uneasy about this looming conversation of politics. So as we all get ready to approach this conversation, as we're all coming to this, coming to the table with situations, circumstances, experiences in mind, I just want to invite you into this space with grace, with vulnerability, and with truth that it is a difficult one. Um, It's not one that's talked about often in our culture. And we're in this together. We are approaching this from a lens of love and grace and I'm so glad you're here to be a part of it. Welcome to Making Room, a podcast by Gather Intentional Living and Everyday Hospitality. Listen, we understand that the way that our culture often portrays hospitality is unattainable, and sometimes even just the thought of opening your door is crippling. Join us in the pursuit to bringing beauty, meaning, and celebration back to the everyday gathering. Go ahead, take your seat. We saved one just for you. So everyone just heard a little bit about your background. So we're just going to dive in to the conversation about politics around the table, which all of our skin probably just crawled a little bit. (laughs) 
could happen sometimes when that, when that word politics comes up. <laughs> even even to me sometimes. No, and I mean, honestly, um, I just let everyone know in the bio too, like it's it's a conversation that's still even hard for me. So I'm coming to this as a learner today too. So awesome. let's start out um, with the question, do politics even matter and why? Yeah, so um, it's interesting. Um, so I have two kids, uh, 21 and 20. And uh, for all the years that I've been involved in politics, I have tried to get them to engage. And they're like, Dad, we don't want to hear it. <laughs> but, uh-huh. um, you know, that's in my own home. But it is it is important because, you know, the way that the world works, and I think it's, it's very, um, again, important to know what's going on um, in, in not only in the world or in the country, but in the state, as well as, as locally in your local towns or cities. And, uh, so one of the, the things to do is to, to get engaged. And I know it takes time and sometimes it's not exactly, uh, what you would put on the list of most fun things to, mm-hmm. to go out and, and educate yourself on or research because you, you know, I'm a big believer in researching and, and knowing both sides of an issue, uh, before I speak on it. Um, because there's a lot of, you can find misinformation, um, right. out there. Uh, so it's good just to, to know all sides of an argument. And, and again, it, you know, especially when we, when we go out to vote, um, I, don't know, I just find it so important, um, just, just to know those issues and to know what's going on and to know who you're, you know, when you're voting for somebody, what they actually stand for, um, and what they are, you know, what they say they're going to do, uh, if elected. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And I feel like that's across the board, whether it's medicine or education or to be informed. So yeah, just, you know, the same across the board. So Mm. why is it important or not to belong to a political party? Because sometimes I feel like I've heard that conversation, especially in my generation. It's like, you know, I'm just not going to pick one or I'm not going to belong to one. What would you say to that? Yeah. So, and, and, and I'm sure someone's going to uh, fact check me on this one of the listeners uh so i'm just i i uh I, i'm again fact check me but i believe in connecticut right now i i believe we have maybe around four hundred thousand republicans six hundred thousand dems and uh eight hundred thousand unaffiliated voters wow so which would lead to uh you know th- this question of you know it seems like the majority of voters uh don't believe that they should belong to a party and and at the end of the day it's okay to, uh-huh. to have that mindset. Uh, one of the, the important things, um, why to be, um, uh, to belong to a party is the primary process. Uh, we are not, Connecticut is not an open primary state, which, which, uh, there are some states that are where you can, you can pick a, uh, primary to vote in, whether it's Republican or Democrat. Uh, you can only pick one, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, in most states. Um, but it's, it's, so we, we are, we are closed. So if, you are um, an unaffiliated voter. You cannot partake in that primary process. And wow. so, you know, primary process, kind of just a little bit of how that that works um, here in Connecticut. Uh, so our um, when we look at I'll, I'll talk on the on the state level. Um, so we have a convention. Each party has a convention, which are delegates that are chosen from the local uh, town committees. Uh, each each town or city has one. And uh, so those folks are chosen. They go to this convention and they pick a nominee for whatever office it may be. Um, you know, this you know, past cycle, it was, um, you know, governor and uh, governor, all the, all the state constitutional offices. Um, so from there, because uh, obviously multiple people run uh, for certain offices. Right. Uh, from there, you have a nominee. Um, our process, uh, dictates that if, if someone, whoever else is in the process, if you, uh, gain 15% or more of the vote, you can primary, um, and your, your name goes on the primary. You, there's also, there's also a Avenue, uh, tour where you can collect um, a certain number of signatures to get on the primary ballot. So, you know, you can wind up with three, four different individuals, uh, on that primary ballot uh, for either either as a Republican or a Democrat. Mm-hmm. And so if you are not a part of a party, uh, you can't choose who, uh, you're not really taking part in choosing who the final two will be <laughs> um, mm-hmm. in the general election. 
So to me, that's one of the main reasons to be a part of the party. Um, you know, like I, like I mentioned a little bit before that each town city has a Democratic committee and a Republican committee. And those, again, on a, on a smaller scale level, those are the folks um, that also uh, pick or typically run for your local offices, whether it's a council or board of education. Um, those people tend to come from <clears throat> from that group of folks. Uh, and as well as, you know, multiple events, I'm sure, you know, whatever uh, fair you go to around Connecticut, there's always both of the booths there. Uh, mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it's just part of um, being a little bit more active in the actual political process. Wow. Um, and so that's that's why, you know, to me, some of the main reasons of being uh, connected to a party, um, let's face it, like I, I don't like for me, you know, whether you're a Republican like, and agree with 100 percent of the Republican platform or a Democrat and agreeing, agreeing with 100 percent of that platform. I think those folks are very uh, limited. I don't think there's yeah. you can't agree with somebody 100 percent of the time. Um, sure. So, again, uh, for me, it's, it's really uh, being able to take part in the process from uh, the beginning all the way through. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm very naive when it comes to politics, I'll be honest. I think that I've just grown up really intimidated by them. And so yeah. I've kind of stayed at a distance, always voting, but staying at a distance. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so I didn't even know that. And when I was thinking of why it's important to belong to a political party, my followers know this. We just totally rebranded the business and trying yeah. to make our messaging more clear, what we believe, where we're headed. And that kind of led us to this like personal branding process too. I know that sounds funny, but like... <laughs> Like in our own lives, like as a married couple, as Katie, like, what do we believe? What do we stand for? And I think that goes along with a political party, too. Like by picking one, you're identifying with a value set. Like, would you yes. say that, that's true, too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that 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 is absolutely true. You are coming in uh, typically to a room full of, of people um, that do have the same mindset as you do, that do believe in the same uh same values uh, as you do to a certain extent. I mean, whether the topics are, sure. you know, uh, whether whether it's taxes, um, you know, that's you know, there's there's sometimes there's a large divide on how um, we should spend money and how we shouldn't. There's always the argument of uh, too much government opposed to less government, um, and those are you know kind of going in and uh, to a room or uh, or events or whatever it may be with people that do share those same, uh, same feelings. And, and again, in learning from, uh, those folks too, cause you know, I know, I know in, in my experience, I found that I don't know everything learning, uh, from, from folks that it might give you an idea that you never thought of that does, that does pretty much roll in with your values, you know, as you move forward and you make decisions whether it is for business or again, back to, you know, who you will vote for. Cause let's face it, you're still voting even in, uh, say in a primary, in that primary situation, you know, you'll have, again, three or four or whatever the number is of Republicans as well as Democrats in that primary. So, hey, you know, you're going in and you're voting for one of those, you know, one out of, you know, say four people that do have that that are of the same party. But mm -hmm. there are, again, you're identifying with one of them that all four of you are in the same in the same camp. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. but you're going to identify with one more than the others with right. their positions their how they might want to do things. And it, it, you know, okay. Yeah. That's definitely an important piece too. So it sounds like political parties in some respect are very like communal, like yes. another like tight knit community, not tight knit, but communities, there's a common factor that you're sharing, but we know that on the flip side of this, you know, political parties can create a divide. So even if we're one family, one friend group, two political parties represented amongst us, there, you know, there's a divide that happens that we've all seen, you know, especially with this more recent election. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so why do you think that politics have such a power to divide, even though they can in some ways be very communal? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just wondering, has it always been this way? Yeah, I mean, I, I, we've always, I think, from the beginning of uh, our country's formation, there, there have always been parties. And there's been, you know, there's been, there, there's been divide, there's been, there, there's been strife. I think we've had it all, uh, all through our country's history. I think we've had times that where folks have come together and and really work together in a, in a moderate way. And and from again, in my experience, I, I see that that more um, on a federal level 
Hmm. more state. Um, I've, I've seen a little bit more, at least, um, you know, I was born and raised in Windsor and served there for 10 years in, in two different um, elected capacities. And, you know, it's, it was a little bit less there. Um, we tended to work with one another a lot. Um, but it does, I mean, but, but politics does, it's, it's some of the issues, some of these issues are so charged that it just, you know, it just, it just lights us up. And yeah, I mean, so it is very, very, <laughs> it's, it's sometimes hard to navigate. I mean, there are just things out there that people have very strong opinions on and it can cause, it can cause that divide. Um, but at the same time, I mean, for, again, for me, I, I've always found that kind of trying to work from a, from a spirit of, of compromise, yeah. you know, I mean, even, even budgeting when I, um, when I was in, in business, you know, you'd, you'd go in, of course, you'd want your budget to have as much money in it as possible for your certain groups. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you had to give a little <laughs> because you didn't, there's nowhere I have found that, that works if you walk in heavy handed, uh, and yeah. think you're going to get everything you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so having that spirit of compromise, uh, even when I served again in Windsor, so um, we, I, I've served in the minority uh, my whole political career in Windsor. So if you wanted something done mm-hmm. <laughs> on either the, I was on the board of ed and in the council, if you wanted something done, you had to work with the majority uh, because they had the, they had at least that one vote you needed. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I had found uh, that that working with people to get the the job done uh, for the whether it was the the education system or the town itself, uh, you had to kind of come in more open to that compromise. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, I've seen that you know it's a little bit more. I, I think a lot of people don't focus in on our um, municipal right. uh, political systems. Uh, we, I think we, we do, and, and which is fine because obviously federal, national politics gets the most play. <laughs> They're right. not, right. you know, CNN or Fox is not uh, putting on the Windsor uh, Town Council meeting. <laughs> so, uh, do you wish it got more attention? I do. I mean, I, I, I it's, it's funny. So I, I, we've always looked at it. So yeah, yeah, you, you can vote for uh, the U.S. Congress or the Senate, and um, it, you know, those people that that go to Washington. Um, they do obviously make decisions that do that affect us uh, as as individuals. But really, one it, it, I've always find it fascinating that one of the lowest uh, percentages of people that go out and vote is for a municipal election. Yeah. And at the end of the day, those are the people who legitimately could raise your taxes every single year. Like, <laughs> I mean, the Fed, obviously, the the, the national politics, uh, the U.S. Congress and such, and even the state. Um, you know, those things affect us. But like every year uh, we would, you know, April was budget season. Mm-hmm. And for the citizens of Windsor, we could raise your taxes. We, the, the nine of us held the, uh, the ability to do that. So I always have been a proponent of paying a little bit more attention to the people uh, that you know. Plus, it's easier to get or, or that are in that lo- those local offices because it's you know it's it's also easier to get in touch with them because they are you know you can run into them at the grocery store uh, you can yeah. run in them into them at the soccer game so yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit easier to to have your opinion heard than having you know email your senator or congressman and not to say that that those those emails don't get answered and they're not heard I'm just it's just a lot it, it's a lot closer you have much more proximity to your local officials. And I find it's continuously the one set of elections that gets the lowest turnout. I think it's so important to put it in that context too, like to really break it down instead of just saying like, go out and vote. It's important, which it is. I don't want to make light of that. But when you understand, like you were saying, like the proximity, the the contact is so much um, easier, I guess. Like I think that puts it into light for all of us. I mean, mean, you could ask my wife, there were a number of times we were grocery shopping and she was like, someone would stop me and she was like, oh my God, he's going to be here now. We're going to be here for 40 minutes now. <laughs> Which, so, so as for spouses of those in office, maybe not, maybe they could, would prefer that there was less proximity. But. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that's hard. Um, I was thinking as we were talking about like the power that politics has to divide. Um, I don't think you knew this, but our, my listeners know that my husband and I served in Thailand for a few years. And while we were there, um, 
some of our teams, you know, just as any team does, would have some kind of conflict and um, a, like a strengths finder coach, like a team building coach would come in and help us with like value training. And it was one mm-hmm. of the most powerful things that we've ever went through because it wasn't actually that us and the person had um, like we didn't like each other or something or that was hatred between us. It was a mm-hmm. value conflict. Mm-hmm. And so I think ultimately that's what's happening with politics. It's not Republicans hate Democrats. It's like the issue at hand is causing this like um, trigger of value conflict. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That's it's, it's interesting you say that because we actually would at least once a year, uh, we would actually have um, that kind of uh, session retreat amongst yeah. amongst us on, on the local area to just kind of, you know, team building um, because you're because they are, you know, some things are the charged issues, even on the local level. Um, but it was something that we would do at least once a year. We'd have a goals uh uh, a goal setting uh, session on a Saturday for six hours, or we'd have, uh, again, like I said, some kind of uh, team building type situation uh, where somebody would come in um, and, and it, it really helped. I mean, one of the things that even for me, because um, it isn't at the end of the day, you're right. It's not should be like Republican versus Democrat. Um, we're all people. We just, we just might, in, in, in most of us and in, in at least the people that I have served with that I, that I know that do serve, they are in it for making uh, things better, mm-hmm. uh, whether whatever party it is. I mean, one of the, um, uh, one of my closest friends uh, in politics, and I'm, I'm sure some have heard that uh, representative Z- Jane Garibay um, has uh, contracted coronavirus and she's been a dear friend of mine for 20 years. Uh, she is a Democrat. I'm a Republican, but we, you know, do we agree on everything? No, we don't. But can we sit and have a civil conversation and can we joke around and can we go to dinner and can we do all these things? Yes, we can. Cause we're friends at the end of the day. And so, you know, it's one of the things, you know, reaching out to her and she's, she's doing well. Um, but that's like, to me, there, I, I think, unfortunately the media, I think pushes more of a narrative of the divide yeah, yeah. Then that really occurs. Um, so that, that to me, that I think is more. Yeah, it's the media <laughs> just uh, making things a little bit harder for uh, those those that do serve to actually come together um, and, and really compromise and, and make a make a policy or a law that really uh, can help the majority of people. Sure. Yeah. And I think you know I still have way more you know, I need way more values training than I already have. But I think, you know, part of the takeaway was, if my certain belief isn't all of me, it's just a part of me. And so if that's something we disagree on, um, you could still like me as a person, I could still like you as a person, because there's so much who I am. So cutting that person off is actually a disservice. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that um, you mentioned this the other day, when we were talking quickly, that um, was polarizing the word that we use, like, um, yeah, there's more of a, the divide happens faster. So just with our international experience, when I've sat down, even if my skin is crawling, even if my palms are sweating as you're talking, <laughs> mm-hmm. when, if I let you talk and share your side of the story, your values, I'm made more whole, my knowledge has expanded, all those things um, by engaging in that conversation and not just cutting it off. Didn't you say you've recognized that more recently? You know, like the more polarizing effect? I have. Yeah. And to go back, I think you, you asked a question a little bit earlier about, um, you know, has it always been like this? I, I, I think today um, the polarization is much more than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, it, it, again, from, from my perspective, it's sad. Yeah, um, it's devastating. It, mm-hmm. it, it really is because, again, you know, we are all, you know, Americans. We are all you know, depending on, you know, wherever you live, you're, you're part of that community as a whole. And it's really about, uh, you know, people coming together and, and making decisions that help everyone. And with the polar polarization that, that I've seen in, in it's, you know, in our national uh, politics, and even in our, uh, in our state politics, it just seems to have overwhelmed it over has overwhelmed the, the process. Uh, and again, like I said, that's sad. I mean, when I had, when I see a, like on, on Thanksgiving, I, I think I saw a post somewhere and, and someone's attacking someone. It's like, Hey, bro, it's Thanksgiving. Okay. Uh-huh. We don't need to do that on Thanksgiving. And, and you know, the cheap shots and always the, I, I actually call it the, I got gotcha you politics. Yeah. Um, 
that's where uh, we've headed. And, and I don't I don't personally like that because it does nothing for for moving us forward and helping everyone. No, and I see it as creating a bigger chasm or like divide between us instead of unifying. I'm getting ready to ask the question and hear your side on why it's important to talk to friends and family about politics. But I wanted to start with a story. So while we were in Thailand, um, the re- practice religion there is Buddhism and mm-hmm. monks are kind of like the equivalent to nuns, I guess, in their uh, form of like ded- dedication and service. Mm-hmm. But they heard the most beautiful service or opportunity at every temple. The monks would line up and they would call it monk chat. And it didn't matter what your beliefs were, um, what you were coming into the conversation with. They wanted you to be able to ask them questions and they wanted to ask you questions too. So Mm. even though they weren't converted at the end, I wasn't converted at the end. There was um, a safe space space (laughs) to have Mm. this dialogue and gain understanding. And it stayed so civil, so peaceful. I mean, part of that is just the nature of the country. But Mm -hmm. um, I learned so much from that. And I think that that's what we're missing in our country, you know, that, that safe space. And that's, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have this podcast. Obviously, that's not what's happening with our friends and family right now in America and a lot of our homes. But why would you say it is important? I mean, I, I think it's important because, uh, let's face it, one of the, um, actually, what, what are the two things they tell you not to talk about when you're at a holiday is what yeah. is the politics and religion? <laughs> Um, right. But, but, you know, it's such a large part of our society. Um, and and it is, it is important actually, I mean, both conversations are, uh, but, but, but but politics, it's, it's just, and and I think the, the, maybe the the word is just because that's what it's called because it is really issue based. And, you know, I I mean, there is a, um, you know, if you take, I don't want to get in the weeds on issues, but, like, you know, Social Security and whether it's there when, <laughs> when when I get there, I mean, that's important to me. Now, is it important to my 21-year-old? No. Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, you know, I was 21 once also, and most issues do become important at some point in your life. Yeah. And to just talk about these things and, you know, it, there's nothing wrong with formulating your position uh, on whatever issue it may be because you never know when you might have like walk into it. Um, and so that's why I think it's important that, to have these conversations and to um, just talk them out because like, like you said before, like you sat, you know, uh, in Thailand and you learned something. Yeah. Uh, they learned something. Yeah. At the end of the day, are you going to be switched? No, right. but it's, there's nothing wrong with knowing where someone else is coming from. And I think when, if we can sit down and we can hear, and, and I've, again, I've had this in, in different, you know, there are family members, I have family members that are uh, of, of different, uh, different party than I am and have different opinions. And even I, like I had to learn. And as when I was younger, I wasn't as good at this. <laughs> I've gotten better as I've gotten older. Um, but I had to like, there is value there to knowing the other side. Um, and, you know, and when I learned that, that, that value of knowing the other side, because I've also been known to read, you know, I, I'll, I will read stuff on, on, on people that are of the opposite of you, because I want to know, I want to know what they're thinking, I want to know why they think that way. Yeah. And sometimes it makes my argument better. <laughs> sometimes right. it doesn't. Uh, but I, I think to just have those differing opinions and, and, and just listening, and, mm-hmm. and just hearing, and it, there's a there's a respect to that also, mm-hmm. respecting someone else's views respecting where someone else is coming from because I mean even at the end of the day whether we we, we change our position on something or not um, it's that person truly believes that and we should give them the respect of that and, and don't get me wrong it's hard again it's taking me it's taken me years of uh, you know getting there uh, but yeah it's, there is there is a I don't know there's just a beauty to like knowing where someone else is coming from and I think that that builds a deeper bond. I think that builds a deeper relationship uh, with somebody when um, they know they're being listened to and not just like, okay, yeah, you're wrong. I don't want to hear you. Yeah. You know, you know, and I, I think that just the, because at the end of the day, I think relationships amongst um, well, our families, our friends, that's really what's important. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we approach life through so many lenses. I talk about that a lot, like your cultural Mm -hmm. lens, your family, economic, it just goes on and on. And so I think 
there's I, there's just so much to learn from each other. It's so cliche, but it's so so true. Yeah. Like even amongst our families, I think the beauty is there is a shared commonality, but we still carry so many complexities just by being our own people. And mm-hmm. so yeah, it is important to to welcome that dialogue. And I was just kind of thinking of a corny phrase, but like like a designated driver. Like I feel like us listening today could choose to be the designated diffuser. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If like, if one of us are sitting at the table and we're like, we're going to be the one that are committed to keeping this like calm and all those things, um, it can make a huge difference. Like our families could really change from having these conversations. Something, I mean, that's a great idea. I actually I've never thought of having someone that, you know, like, a, yeah, like the designated driver. Well, hey, yeah. ton- today you're going to be the one, hey, you don't say anything today. You're <laughs> just going to stop us from arguing. That's right. your job. Yeah, you know? yeah. Right. Which, which I think is a great idea. Or the person that's committed, like, if this gets heated, I'm not going to yell, you know, like, right. or, or whatever it is, or, um, or I'm going to find the beauty in the statements, even when there's disagreement. Um, I think that it, it takes one of us, because if we approach, these conversations are heated, that's the reality, but it doesn't have yeah. to be, but it's not going to change until someone starts. And so, however many people, 300, 500 people listen to this, you know, um, mm-hmm. A lot of families, and I feel like yeah. we all walk away more whole, more informed um, that way. So, yeah, and, and at this point in this quarantine situation, we're all together now. I know, like, honestly, as beautiful as it is, like, as much as I'm loving time with my husband and stuff, I'm thinking about families that don't spend a lot of time together, and here they are, like, day in and day out, forced to have these dialogues that might be hard, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tess Clark was on in an earlier podcast episode and we were talking about the refugee crisis and things along those lines and justice. And she, she said that I might misquote her, but hate is not the enemy. Fear is, and fear can Mm. come and maybe Gandhi, but she quoted it. I'm not really sure, (laughs) but, um, I love that because I think that there's a lot of times where fear is the problem here or just lack of knowledge and yeah, having this designated diffuser and welcoming the conversation, you know, just brings that brings that to bay yeah yeah and that and I, I think the more and more that we use google <laughs> would be right. to fact check um because that's a bit yeah because i think i mean i think you're i think you're right on i mean it, it is fear and it's it, it's sometimes lack of understanding or again with so much information right uh, that's that's put out on us and and so you know whether it's fox news or cnn or msnbc whatever it may be like and this is where you know i i think it's it's important to to do the research and it's not a glamorous research right it's not but it's important just to really know what the real deal is because i think that also uh we get so much misinformation that sometimes that causes even more friction yeah yeah if you were to tell someone um like what a good source is to find political information <clears throat> what would you say oh wow um i t- like you know i will uh if, if I want to know something on a um, certain issue, I will, I don't have like a specific, like I go here, That's um, but I, I do, uh, I will look up every, I will read all different avenues of, um, of the issue. I will go right to, cause let's face it, like you, if it's, you know, specifically like so-and-so candidate said. Uh, I will go right to their website. I mean, we can do that today. I mean, we actually yeah. probably we are in a much better position today than we were 30 years ago of the actual fact checking. I will go and and just do the research. Um, and that is, again, it's going and it's looking at, you know, that person's tweet, <laughs> you yeah. know, or actually their actual website of their position on something. Uh, let's face it, everybody can video from their phones. So there is always, and don't get me wrong, there are some of them are doc, like some of them don't, you know, get the whole, uh, the whole uh, statement. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's just you know taking the couple different ones and then you know going to the you know what did what did CNN say about it? What did Fox News say about it? What are and then like seeing where the differences are, and then watching the news. So I mean, I'd probably go a little bit more deeper than <laughs> than most. No, you um, have to though. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. But mm-hmm. it's it's looking at everything that is available uh, to me uh, on a specific issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, I mean, in another another right, it's more when I'm um, if if I'm gonna speak on it. I mean, let's face it, there there are things out there, and I've always said like there are things out there that you that you you care about. There's things you really care about, and then there's things you don't care about. Uh, mm-hmm. So, 
mm-hmm. you know, and in some of the, the things that I can find like, that I don't really say I care, like it, the issue doesn't really, um, I say matter to me, but I'm just not, it's not a big part of my world. I don't, yeah. um, I just don't, uh, I just like, I, I don't go after it, I, but I also probably, I won't speak on it either. Right. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking back to your, your friendship with, you know, um, a member of a different party and yeah. when you guys are in a debate or something heated comes up, how do you guys diffuse it or navigate it? Oh, wow. Like, um, what is it like in that setting? In that setting? I mean, again, it goes back, I, I think the, the bigger, at least in, in that, in that situation, in, in those that, and don't, don't get me wrong, I have, I do have other, I have more than one friend that's a Democrat. <laughs> Yeah, I know someone's listening to me like uh, he's only got one Democrat friend. It must it must be easy because you can probably navigate that. <laughs> but uh, it's it's more I, I think the number one um, thing for for us in, in that, that one situation, which is that uh, we built a relationship of, of, of friendship first. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that each of us care about one another on a personal level. Mm-hmm. And so even when it gets. And, and I can't think back of too many, like we never, we've never yelled at each other um, mm-hmm. because I think it, it, that came down to the fact of there was respect for one another. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, I can't think of uh, yelling at someone of the opposite party who's a friend of mine ever because there was always, there's a relationship there that was built, um, you know, again, on respect, on trust and knowing where we're both, where we're both coming from. Um, so I think that helps a long way to get to know somebody personally uh, before you get them, uh, b- before, b- before the, the, the politics takes play. I probably have yelled at more people from my own party at an argument <laughs> louder <laughs> than I have with, um, yeah. but that's just, that's just passion. Cause you're pre- pretty much agreeing with one another. You just got there a different way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, to me, it's more about the, the respect, uh, the trust in, in having that personal relationship first, um, that I think is, is probably, uh, brought brought those conversations and never get get there. I'm also I'm also more of a uh, I'm, I'm a calmer person yeah. per se. Uh, so the rattling I don't really I'm not also a yeller so yeah <laughs> that have probably you, helps too. Have you taken the enneagram? I have. Yeah, I'm a challenger. Oh, are you really? Yeah. Oh, you're a calm challenger because yeah. sometimes challengers aren't calm so. I was going to, yeah, I know that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Some of it was right on, but I do it calmly. Well, no, I mean like when challengers are healthy, it's like really constructive debating, you know, like our culture needs healthy challengers, but unhealthy challengers, that's where it gets a little more into the mm. yelling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love what you said about the way that you related to your friend, um, you know, in, in that setting. And I think that our culture right now sees people as their political party instead of mother, father, sister, brother, aunt, uncle. We've mm. lost that initial foundation of the relationship. And so I think that's actually really helpful as we talk about bringing the conversation of politics to the table um, to first identify who these people are to us, like the foundation that we have outside of this topic, and then realize this is just a, this is just a part of them. And then, you know, some good questions might be, um, help me understand this. I don't want to fight about this, but can you tell me why? Framing questions in more of a uh, like a loving capacity, like you were saying, the the word respect was really good too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think those are the keys, it, and and not the you know not with don't have the spirit of like I call it like the I got you mm. politics. Don't have that's the other thing. Don't don't come in in a in a position of I'm coming here to get you. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that that's also a big problem with, um, with having these conversations. If, if you're going to come in with, with that kind of, uh, position, yeah. that's a, that's a big one because I think that's, again, like I, like I said a little earlier, that's where we've, um, that's kind of where we are of this, I gotcha stuff and it doesn't help. It's not productive. Yeah. And I think just as I've gone through life, like I'm actually very afraid of conflict. And so like, you know, challenging situations. And so there have been seasons in my life where I'll just withdraw from people that challenge my views or my perspectives. But then you find yourself on an island. You know what I mean? Like it's really isolating because you could find something that you disagree with every everyone on, you know, whether yes. it's politics or something else. And so I think we have to agree um, to commit to the relationships like you were saying first. And then, um, yeah, just learn some of these tools to 
you know, diffuse them and keep the relationship going. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's important with I, almost almost everything because I I've yet to come across I've have yet to meet a person that I agree with a hundred percent. It's hard, I know. Even spouses, it's, right? Like, yeah. It, yeah, my wife and I do not agree a hundred percent on everything, and and I think at the end of the day, and and maybe this is what we've lost about. That's okay. It is okay. It's, mm-hmm. it's okay not to agree with someone a hundred percent of the time. It's okay. Yeah. Mhm. Yep. And that's where that foundation of love, the foundation of respect can change the whole dynamic. Because when it's done in love, it's so much different. When it's like malintention, anger, hatred, all those things, that's where it gets, it's hostile. Would you say there are times that we shouldn't talk about politics? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I mean, well, one, I mean... I think it's it's uh, just sort of engaging the room because I can just think of uh, you know you know you're at a holiday and you know someone someone already and maybe not a holiday or whatever it is a picnic or what have you and yeah. and there is already maybe a, a level of negativity yeah uh, in the room um, I I think those are, you don't bring up the charge subjects because right. uh, I think that's maybe where one of those times uh, not to bring it up. I mean, if you ask my kids, there's no time I should bring it up at all. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. There he goes again. And right. actually, if you ask my wife there, you could probably, you might answer that too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I remember um, we had just gotten back from Thailand. We were super raw just with all of our experiences and kind of wanting to share and we were healing and all that stuff. And mm. we were at a, a summer barbecue around a bonfire and it just came this super deep, I'm a deep thinker as it is, but this super deep conversation came up out of me. And it's as if I put the fire out, like everyone just slowly, like one person, you know, one by one just got up and walked away from the fire. So I was like, <laughs> oh, that was really bad timing. But <laughs> Yeah, there's, I think there's timing for everything. Yeah. So, you know. But like you were saying, like, you know, just use, you know, use your best judgment. Like, don't bring things up just to, you know, spark a fight. Um yeah. But then I think on the flip side, it is important for like spouses to talk about politics and um, closer oh, relationships like that too. So yeah, yeah, because I think like if if even myself like if I'm if I'm already you know not in if I'm in a bad mood right or mm. like um you know and, and even for me like if someone says something uh, and I'm already kind of a little bit not really on edge but not in a great yeah. mood like that like I have to measure myself too because there's also there is also a um, a little bit of a negative to to possibly being educated on some things, um, especially if someone's like something someone makes a comment about something that is like that's incredibly wrong. Like <laughs> that information is wrong. Even I like have to gauge myself on not being too like aggressive in my response. And even sometimes, which is maybe not right, but even something like if I like I said if I'm not in that like loving mood, um, maybe not even commenting on it at all. Right, right, yeah. Um, so, because it happens, we're all human. I mean, we're not always in, as much as I like to think that I'm always in a great mood, um, you know, sometimes, you know, you just don't, don't, you know, you're just not in that place. And it is funny, like a lot of these divides happen because the value crashes or clashes like we're talking about. And it's funny because the reason you would separate is because you, you know, you don't share the values. You want the person to believe the same way you do. But I want to ask myself and all of us, like, do we really think that distancing ourselves or like showing up with hostility is going to change anyone? You know what I mean? Like, that's not how you persuade people. That's not how you manage. Um, I don't know, these conflicting views. And that goes across everything, religion, politics, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Even in my, like, even in my position as a a pastor at, at Vox, um, yeah, like it's that like you have to always come from a position of love. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you always come from that position of love um, for everything. I mean, there, and you know, you 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 said for for poly, even poly, like if you come in, no matter you're right, no matter what, if you come in aggressive, mm-hmm. no, you're not your message isn't going to be received. Um, even if if there is, even if there is is and there, there's good to it, there's love to it, but if it's an aggressive kind of love, you. Automatically, that person will tune out whatever you say, even if you get to a place of okay, now he's being loving. (laughs) Yes, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think that's you know that's another good reminder to us. And I talk about Thailand a lot. Naturally, we lived there for a while, but they 
as a culture, you will, they never express anger. It's just kind of um, trained, you know, ingrained in them since they're little, which I know isn't always healthy, (laughs) but Uh they approach confrontation with such love. And um, I learned a lot from that. And I think that us as Americans, you know, can take away a lot from that too, um, especially politics. It's good to know the issues. It's good to be educated on them. Again, it's not a glamorous thing to do the research. It's it's like anything else. If you, but if you really want to know something, go the ex, take the extra time, go the extra lengths to really know. Especially if you want to talk on it. Um, but it, but it's good to know what's going on in the world. It's good to know, you know, what's going on, um, you know, in, in the country. Like, you know, they're they're passing or they've passed uh, this the stimulus package. And yeah, go go and look and see what's in it. <laughs> like, I mean. You know, yeah. like know know what's in it. Um, not only just for your own education, just know what what's happening and what what the the Congress and the president is doing. Um, mm-hmm. And even on the state level, um, I know actually right now we're we're getting inundated with probably more uh, information than than ever. Right. But again, it's good. And and with that though, again, there is a there is a fact checking component of 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 this. Um, and I really, uh, and, and I put even the, the knowing your local, your municipal, like what's going on in, in the city or town you live in. Yeah. Because um, we definitely, like I said, just the, 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 the stats show that we sometimes overlook it. And, um, you know, there's referendums in most cities and towns every, every, every single year on budget. Like, just know it. Know what's in it. Know, again, like, know where your money's being spent. Know, you know, what's happening. Like. You know, it's, you know, and get, get involved in the process. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a whole nother thing. Get involved in the process. Yeah. Do you have to run for the, the board of education? No. Should mm-hmm. you? Sure. It's a great time. Um, yeah. I got to say probably the, uh, I find it probably the toughest, one of the toughest elected positions uh, that we have. Um, but, you know, these are the folks that are making decisions uh, for our children's education. Mm-hmm. Know what's going on. Know, you know, know what's going on in, um, you know, what, what your council's doing. I mean, they're, again, these things, and I think we, we kind of shy because it's, again, not, it's not the fun stuff. It's yeah. minutia. It's sometimes in the weeds, but just know what's going on in your community because at the end of the day, maybe you find something that you, that really like you'd like to be involved in, or you have something to give. Um, I think one of the greatest things we can do is give back to our communities. You know, I look, that's why one of the reasons I got involved in politics in Windsor, I, I grew up there uh, and I wanted to give back because I felt I had been given so much. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, it's just, uh, you know, being involved again, you don't have to run for office, but get on a committee. There's tons of committees that don't take up a ton of time. And, and I get it. We're all busy. Um, we're all busy with, with kids and, and jobs and all, all of these things. Um, but you know, again, it, I think that just knowing what's going on, knowing issues, knowing each side of the issue, I think if we all come together and have that kind of knowledge. We can make our communities, our state and our in our country a lot better. Yeah. And just like with any community, what you have to bring is unlike what anyone else can bring. And so I feel like it is important that we all play a part because we all bring that perspective. Right. And enjoy the communities. Right. Like political party. It, it's a community like it's a. Um, a group of people of, you know, similar values, if not the same. And so enjoy yeah. that, you know, like it doesn't have to be so it doesn't have to be like a war zone. Like <laughs> it mm. could, it could be enjoyable, you know, participate in it and be a part. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. This was a really valuable conversation. I think really practical, you know, for people to take home to just different thinking points. Thank you. It's been, uh, this is awesome. Good. Yeah. So we're going to finish the way we do with every, um, every podcast, every interview we have. And I'd love to know, you know, on a much lighter, totally different note, <laughs> um, yeah. something I've eaten recently and really enjoyed. <laughs> I had pizza. pizza. I did. I had pizza the other night. Um, so we had just, um, we had just moved, uh, from Windsor to Hamden. Okay. And, um, one of the things I couldn't find, and I know I'm going to get hammered, uh, when I when when I say that thin crust pizza isn't my thing. Oh, you're with my husband, and I. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The folks the folks down here are not happy with me no. in the New Haven area, but I but we found the place that had Sicilian pizza, uh-huh. and yeah, and it was delicious. So there was that, and uh, 
the other thing is my my wife um just made a chocolate mousse peanut butter pie the other night so. oh man yeah quarantine is quarantine thus far is okay yeah there you go <laughs> no my husband didn't tell my family for a few years that he didn't like thin crust because you know even <laughs> pizza so it's just coming out now yeah, <laughs> yeah they, I, I made the mistake of saying it like the first two weeks and everybody shunned me so <laughs> yeah no that's okay you're still around yeah <laughs> yeah I'm still here though I'm still yeah here. yeah <laughs> um what is a gathering you've been to that made you feel a sense of belonging and what was it about the gathering that made you feel that way wow um yeah so um hmm we just had a um, we just had a big CrossFit. Uh, my wife and I we do CrossFit, and right. I just competed in a um, fitness festival in Miami. Uh, seems like six years ago, but it was only I think like a month ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, called Wadapalooza, and uh, we went down with um, some. You know, we our our gym had um, a couple teams, um, and then a couple of us did uh, competed individually. And just uh, the community, a lot of the folks that competed were from Vox. So it's like being part of uh, this, this, this CrossFit, i.e. our church community. Yeah. And uh, we just had a ton of fun. Awesome. Um, just a lot of fun. And it's funny, and you, you guys, like, ga- gatherings have been um, a little bit less the last couple of weeks. But yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah, so there's been a lot of Zoom gatherings. Oh, fun. And, uh, yeah, so we actually earlier I just had um, a call with um, we do we do this weekly usually in person, but our pastoral staff uh, at Vox, and um, it's a really great gathering of of all of our our pastors and just checking on one another and and seeing how everyone's doing, um, you know, being in the current situations that we are, as well as like we're working, but also, you know, managing what everybody else um, in the country is managing, and it was just a great. Uh, great time for us to be together to pray um yeah. so it was great so really um yeah great great gathering by zoom even though we we typically do this in, in person right yeah that consistency those intentional relationships you know like intentionality consistency all those things they definitely spark belonging that's good yeah yeah okay well sweet mike tell people where they could find you if they want to follow if you want them to follow <laughs> yeah um yeah uh Mike WMCD12 on Instagram. Um, that's the best way to follow me. I haven't really mastered Facebook yet, so my wife and I share one because oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> more, more of how to do that. Um, but yeah, Instagram, I've, I've, I kind of understand. <laughs> so exactly. to, oh yeah, it's my favorite anyways. It's the only one that matters these days. Yeah, I'll probably yell at saying that, but. It's yeah. okay. I agree with you on that because I don't know how to work any of the rest of them. Uh, well, thank you guys. And if you're listening to this during quarantine, I hope that you're staying healthy and just at peace and rest um, and hope that this too will pass. So thank you again for being here and we'll see you next week. One of the best ways that you could support us at Making Room is by leaving a review. They mean so much to every podcaster and especially us. Leaving five stars or writing your favorite part about our podcast helps a new listener determine whether or not they want to tune in. Head on over to wherever you listen to your podcast, leave that review, and it means the world to us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Gather Intentional Living. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week.